0: Hello everybody, I have such a powerful episode for you today and I'm so excited to just get to it. My guest is Nicole Lynn Lewis and she recently wrote a book called Pregnant Girl, a story of teen motherhood, college, and creating a better future for young families. She wrote this as a memoir of sorts as she experienced her own pregnancy as a young teenage girl, uncertain about the future. And you'll be really surprised to hear what kind of teenager she was at the time that she got pregnant. We talk about her relationship with the baby's father, we talk about how she continued pursuing her goals of college and education, and how she now supports other young mothers, especially young black mothers, in getting the resources and support that they need to continue to pursue their goals, to break the cycles of additional challenges that come from being a young mother. She is truly an. An extraordinary woman and she uses what could have been a devastating circumstance in her youth to empower others and to help others to know that they are not alone in their circumstances and there is still so much life left to be lived. I admire Nicole Lynn Lewis so so much and I'm so excited for you to get to know her today. So let's get to it my conversation with Nicole. All right I'm so excited to be chatting with Nicole and Lewis today. Hi Nicole. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: My pleasure. Where am I speaking to you from today?
1: Um, in Maryland.
0: Nice. Awesome. I used to live in Virginia, and so we would go up to oh. D.C. quite a bit, and uh, I just love that area so, so much.
1: Yeah, we love it here, and our office is in D.C., and um, it's it's just, you
0: know, hop, skip, and a jump from work. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you from there originally?
1: No, I'm actually from New England. Oh, okay. grew up, I was born in Connecticut and then grew up like half of my childhood in in Massachusetts and New England and then moved down to the Tidewater area, so Virginia.
0: Got it. Awesome. Well, it is so nice to be chatting with you today. I am so excited to hear more about your story. It is one of great admiration and inspiration, and and I think for listeners who feel like sometimes they have been thrown a curveball in life, and they may think, that that curveball is going to throw off the trajectory of their life as they thought it would be to not lose hope because you are living walking breathing proof of what can come even from you know a really tough origin story in a lot of ways that that could have set you down a certain path but you chose to forge whatever path you wanted to and you've come to this incredible place so for people that don't know you yet Nicole will you just give a little background on yourself and your family
1: yeah, so um, I'm a mom of five, uh, and my my oldest child is 22. My youngest is 12 weeks old. Oh. Um, so quite a bit of a span um, of, of you know raising kiddos in every kind of phase of adolescence and childhood. Um, but my oldest daughter, I actually brought her to college with me. Um, you know, 20 something years ago, um, I was a teen mother. I got pregnant my senior year of high school. Uh, Right when I had just been accepted into a bunch of different colleges and um, my daughter was a little under three months old when I started and like many young mothers in that situation I was told I would never go to college you know I wouldn't be successful Mm -hmm. Um, so I've kind of made it my life's work to work to change those you know, sentiments and to change the statistics that exist around, um, teen parents and college completion. So that's my day job, but, but certainly mom of five, uh, is, is a full-time job as well.
0: Well, and, and it's so funny. I just post about this on social media. So my oldest is 11 and then I have a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and then I have a five-month old and oh, th- thank you. And so I love that we're in the newborn phase together, but it's a big deal starting over isn't it? And I am so, I'm so tired. I'm older. Like I just feel everything a lot more, but also I have kind of a different perspective on motherhood. Having lived it, my expectations are a lot different. My priorities are a lot different. And I think it's just such a beautiful opportunity to have this, this opportunity to, uh, do it again and mm-hmm. and appreciate things differently and also for my big kids having big kids and a baby is so fun isn't it nicole
1: <laughs> yes it is i have like two um moms uh yes. kind of co moms if you will my 22-year-old daughter and my uh, 12-year-old daughter, you know, very hands-on, especially my 12-year-old. My my older daughter is in college, and obviously that takes up a a ton of her time. Um, But yeah, you have extra hands, which is really nice. And I think, like you said, there's – it's just, like, I feel like I'm more aware of just being fully present in the moment, Mm -hmm. um, you know, as much as I can, because I think as your kids get older, you realize how much uh, the time flies. And so I'm relishing – even though it's like very drowsy at I know. the time of of newborn, you know, twelve week old, I'm relishing as many moments as I can.
0: Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I am doing the same, but boy, am I drowsy! Exactly, I'm just like exhausted all the time. But like, I'm not. I'm like, what did I even do? My husband's like, what'd you do today? Not like in a critical like, how much did you accomplish way, but just like, what'd you do? I'm like don't know. Like, I looked, I, 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 I <laughs> stared at him. I stared at the baby a lot, and I sat a little, like, I don't even know, but uh, it was wonderful. It was a good day, but yeah, yes. it's, it's crazy. Hey, everyone. I wanted to interrupt the show to thank a show sponsor, and that is Human human with two ends. As we get older and as we have different life circumstances, like let's say a new baby like I do, we feel more fatigue and lack of endurance. And sometimes we try and compensate with additional caffeine, which I do definitely in the late afternoons as well. But I want to introduce you to a new way to start your day, and that is with Super Beats Heart Shoes. These are tasty little treats that give you energy you need and they're good for you. So no more afternoon energy drinks or additional caffeine needed for that pick-me-up. They have two delicious plant-based superbeets heart chews for your morning routine and to promote heart-healthy energy for your day. And there's no caffeine crash. They're clinically researched with grapeseed extract to promote heart-healthy energy and normal blood pressure as part of a healthy lifestyle. So if you're trying to get more nutrients into your body and promote good health and balance in your life this is a good option for you. The thing I love about Super Beats Heart Chews is they actually taste good. I actually look forward to eating these as opposed to some other more chalky or gritty gummies, if you know what I mean. They are so delicious, and I know that they are giving me the heart healthy energy that I need and that you might be needing too. So join over 1 million customers, get free shipping and returns, a 90-day money-back guarantee. And right now, you can get a free 30-day supply with your first purchase at superbeats.com slash EEP. superbeats.com slash EEP. And that's superbeats.com slash EEP. And get all those perks for being a listener. Let me know what you think. So senior year of high school – what was life like in the days before you found out that you were about to become a mother? What did life look like before that pivotal moment of everything, everything changed?
1: Well, I wasn't the student that I think most people think about when they hear the, the phrase "teen mom.
0: Okay.
1: I was a uh, very, very, uh, focused on my college education and, and, um, and getting a college education. You know, I was a senior in high school. I was an honor roll student. I was taking AP classes, honors classes, you know, really in preparation for going to, you know, um, college and everything was about making sure that I was on track for that. My parents, raised my sister and I really focused on um, our post-secondary degrees and Mm making sure that we were pursuing college, not just for the economic reasons, but just for, you know, also kind of finding out our purpose and finding our voice and who we wanted to be in the world. Um, And so I was also involved in a ton of extracurricular activities. I was, you know, president of this club and writing for the newspaper at my school, but also the regional newspaper, the Virginian Pilot and, um you know, head of uh, the choir and like all sorts of things, I was just very, very involved and really a strong uh, student. And Mm -hmm. even though I had all of that going for me, I heard the same message. Like I said, that that many young women here in that situation, your life is over. You're not going to go to college and you're not going to be successful.
0: I am so glad that you are that example of somebody that has has it all, right? Like you're on that track and nobody is immune, right? Like yeah. it, a pregnancy, an unexpected pregnancy can happen to anybody. It doesn't, your upbringing, your different things, like it can happen to anybody. And the fact that you had everything going for you and it happened to you, what was the response from your parents? Because it's not only your vision that is suddenly going to change, it's theirs too.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was devastating. It was devastating for me personally. It was devastating for my parents, as I mentioned, you know, so much of what they did for us on a daily basis was preparing us for that next step after high school. And now all of a sudden it felt like that wasn't going to happen. You know, I wasn't Mm going to be able to go to school, um, go to go to college. Um, It just was a shock. In many ways, you know, I was this star student and um, the last student that I think people uh, thought would be in that situation, including my parents. Mm -hmm. And so it was really hard for them and and really disappointing and devastating.
0: Yeah. And so as difficult as it was for you, for your family, was it as difficult for the guy that contributed to this pregnancy?
1: (laughs) You know, unfortunately, his his family situation was already so fractured and Mm. and uh, and difficult. You know, he had lost both of his parents by the time he was, I think, 16. Wow. Um, And so he was essentially on his own. He had a a sister who was trying her best, you know, to uh, take care of him and kind of be there for him and have him live with her and, and keep him focused on on football, which is what his passion was. But it was really hard for her, um, you know, obviously as, as his sister to be able to do that. And, um, and so he was already in a situation where he didn't have a, a great support system. He, he, you know, didn't have these strong, healthy relationships with many adults in his life. And football was really the only thing that was going for him. He wasn't um, doing well in school. You know, he didn't have uh, college plans aside from p- playing football um so there there wasn't um the same kind of reception to that news as there was on my side
0: yeah that's so hard to hear like that's so that's mm-hmm. must have been so difficult for him even you know with his best intentions he just had different resources available right in order to to be there and support or provide or or handle those types of challenges that that were to come when you're becoming a dad when you're not expecting that and so as disappointed and as, you know, life-altering as getting pregnant was for you, what happened next? How, was there a talk of not keeping the baby? What, via adoption? What, what were those next conversations like? And how do you, did you decide we're, we're moving on with this?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, one, it was, it- that time of like discovering the pregnancy and all the conversations afterwards are, are sort of a blur. Yeah, (laughs) I bet. I bet so many things. My body was changing. My life was changing. Everything that I had been working for felt like it was kind of crumbling underneath me. Um, you know, the world was just shifting in major, major ways for me as a young person. And that was hard. Um, I definitely had people in my life who were who were advocating for me to either uh, give my baby up for adoption or have an abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had some people who you know wanted me to keep the baby. so I was hearing voices from lots of different people. Um, I think I always knew personally for myself that that I if I found myself in a situation where I became pregnant that I wasn't um, going to get an abortion, that was just my personal choice. I certainly had friends in school who had become pregnant and had gotten abortion. So it wasn't like it was a foreign um, thing to me. But for my own personal decision, that was something that I um, felt pretty strongly about. And so um, certainly I never thought I'd be in that situation. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to say it when you're not in that situation. But, um, you know, now that I was, uh, I, I knew pretty quickly that I wanted to keep the baby. I didn't really know what that involved. I didn't know you know, what the path forward was going to look like, like, how do you keep a baby and go to college? That was a huge unknown for me. And I didn't have people in my network, um, or in my life in my school in my community, you know, my neighborhood who I could look to and say, well, so-and-so did it, so I'll be able to do it. You know, most of the young moms that I knew just kind of disappeared if they got pregnant and they certainly weren't going off to college. So, uh, the the decision was pretty clear to me to keep the baby but what was next was was very
0: unclear how did you filter out any of the negative talk any of the the pressure that you felt from outside sources who just didn't have your best interest in mind they thought they had your best interest in mind but how did you filter out any of the chatter around you in order to stay focused into bringing your little girl into the world
1: I mean, it was hard. It was really hard um, because, you know, a lot of the people who are talking to you in that moment are people that you look up to, you know, they're teachers, they're, um, you know, people working in your school, they are, you know, family friends, sometimes they're family members. And so these are people that you, you know, normally look to for all the answers. And I think, you know, you have to early on as a young parent start to kind of decide, that your voice is, is the most important voice in the room. And, and that can be a hard thing to do. And it was hard for me. Um, but I think what was, was really driving a lot of my decision-making at that time was knowing that, uh, education was going to be critical for me to be able to provide for this baby. You know, I, I hadn't held the baby yet. I Mm -hmm. didn't know what life was going to look like, but what I knew for certain was that education was the key to me being able to provide for, for this little, you know, this little life. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that became the most important voice that became the most important thing. And every day I had to think about what do I need to do to get me that much closer to first high school graduation, and then to, you know, enrolling in college. And it was difficult. You know, I was, I was homeless for periods of time. I was in a in a really tumultuous relationship with my daughter's father we didn't have money so i had a lot of things working against that but but that became kind of like my guiding star
0: wow that is incredibly wise of you to have that focus on education at that time because being on the path for education growing up so you were fortunate in that but i mean most 18 year olds 17 18 year olds we're just looking at like, what college you go to to have fun, to move away <laughs> out of the house. Like It's not like, how is this going to be the next step in the building block of success necessarily? And the title of your book is Pregnant Girl. And so I'm wondering if that's a label that you felt kind of just plastered onto your forehead at the time. You became the pregnant girl. And did you feel like any of the other good that you had accomplished and the other labels that you previously held that were very positive were undone by that? Did you feel that at that time?
1: Mm. Yeah, I definitely felt like that was a label mm. for me. And then once I had my daughter, you know, it was teen mom. yeah, And then um, going to college with a baby, it was The girl with the baby, like everywhere I went, I felt very much like I was defined by these labels. Um, I knew that none of those labels undid any of the other things that I had going on in my life or my passions or my interests or my other accomplishments, but I knew that other people. Um, probably felt like it did, Mm. you know, that was, that was, I kind of describe it in the book as a scarlet letter um, that, you know, everywhere I went, people knew that I obviously was pregnant or that I had a daughter because when I was in college, she came everywhere with me. Um, And, you know, even before that in the grocery store, everywhere I went and I knew people looked at me and thought, Oh, she's, you know, too young to have a baby. Um, So it was very clear that I was a young mother, um, you know, a single mom, and those labels, uh, you know, were often influencing the way that people treated me, uh, mm-hmm. whether or not they would provide support, whether or not they would unlock resources that would help to make sure that I had a roof over our heads or food on the table, or tuition, you know to, to pay for college. So uh, yeah, those labels are um, so powerful. And, um, again, I don't – they didn't define me personally. I knew who I was, but I knew that the world, you know, definitely defined me by those labels.
0: Yeah. That just made my eyes well up with tears, Nicole, because it just sounds like the benefit of the doubt was taken Mm. away from you just because you had a baby in tow. And it just – it is just the opposite of what we should be doing. And I know this is your life's work now is, <laughs> is empowering people and creating these resources. But what if we all just gave each other the benefit of the doubt, whether it's you know a teen pregnancy, whether it's an addiction, whether it's just struggling in school and, and struggling to make good grades or get into college. There's so many things that can derail us and and keep us from really believing in ourselves but when outsiders then are contributing to that like we need to do a better job as individuals to realize how much our judgment whether we're speaking it or not we can feel when somebody's looking at us sideways Hey everyone, I wanted to jump in again to thank another show sponsor that makes Extraordinary Moms podcast possible, and that is Thrive Cosmetics. Thrive Cosmetics are products with clean, high-performance, skin-loving ingredients that are clinically proven with formulas that not only highlight your best features, they actually improve your skin over time, and that is what I need right now. Pregnancy has done a number on my skin, so I'm always looking for new solutions to help my skin when it needs it most. The other thing I love about Thrive Cosmetics is they have a bold mission that's bigger than beauty. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help women thrive. They help women emerging from homelessness, surviving domestic abuse, fighting cancer, and more. So your purchase really does make a difference. They have a variety of products, but the ones that I'm loving most are, first, the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. This is one of their best-selling products, and you guys, their formula is so incredible. It has more than 15,000 five-star reviews, and it just makes my lashes look natural, but like longer than ever. It's really, really amazing. The other thing that I'm loving is this Overnight Sensation Brightening Sleep Mask. Like I said, my skin's looking a little ruddy lately, and this potent skin loving formula melts into my skin to restore moisture and rejuvenate skin. And literally, I wake up with such smoother and brighter skin. This is a formula that really works for me. I love everything about Thrive Cosmetics. Their products are the best I've ever used, and their Bigger Than Beauty mission is truly inspiring. You're going to love them as much as I do, and so visit thrivecosmetics.com for 15% off your first order. This is an exclusive offer you can only get here. That's Thrive C A U S E M E T I C S dot com slash E M P for fifteen percent off your first order. Thrivecosmetics dot com slash EMP. You can also visit extraordinary dot com for a link over to Thrive. Thanks again, Thrive Cosmetics. Tell me about meeting your daughter for the first time, holding this long awaited gift in your arms. What was that like?
1: Ugh, I mean, um, It was incredible. I think, you know, uh, anyone who um, brings a child into their, into their family, um, whether it's, you know, giving birth or through adoption or, you know, in all the different ways that families are formed, um, it was just this overwhelming um, feeling of of love Mm. um, that I had in that moment. And I, I describe it in the book as, you know, there's so much shame that we impose on young mothers and young parents. And all of that really just melted away when I, when I held my daughter, her name is Narissa. I held Narissa in my arms. Mm. Um, She was just beautiful. She was beautiful and um, perfect in every way. And, and she was deserving of all the things that I was working towards. You know, I I looked at her and I was like, I have to give her the world. Um, And so all those feelings of like, I've got to get my college degree became even more heightened, right. And more intense because now she was here. Um, she needed me and, and she was looking to me to, to create a life for her. So, um, just an overwhelming feeling of, of wanting her to have the world.
0: That's so, so beautiful. And we can all, that's such a universal feeling as mothers. It doesn't matter how old you are. When you have that opportunity to hold that baby, there is nothing like that and just wanting everything for them. Right. And like we mentioned in the beginning, like there's there's narratives about the type of people that become teen moms, and you are not that quote unquote stereotypical type of teen mom. And what are the narratives that you would say are perpetuating the difficulty in, in teen moms and specifically black teen moms from getting the help, resources, support they need in order to go on and be successful and provide and overcome and set a great example for their kids. Well,
1: I think, you know, like the the pervasive narratives about lazy, unambitious, um, not caring about their their academics, their education, or their futures, mm-hmm. wanting to take advantage of public benefits and the system, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. um, those are, are extremely negative and um, damaging stereotypes that follow young parents wherever they go. I think for young fathers, who we don't often talk about, um, but for young fathers, it's that they are uninvolved and their kids' lives and that they don't want to be involved and that they're not providing support. Um, that is also extremely damaging when it comes to, you know, what what children need and they need, you know, the the support of both parents. They need a, a society and a country that believes in in both of their parents um, and creates policies that help them succeed. I think as a black young mother, um, there you're definitely up against all of that, but it's exacerbated by, you know, the the negative stereotypes that are associated with with um, with the black community in general, mm-hmm. right? The the feelings that um, that that if you are a young black student, whether you're parenting or not, that you're uninterested in your education, um, that you are involved in crime or involved in some sort of activities that are, you know, counterproductive, um, that you're not deserving of resources and support. And, um, so it's, uh, you know, often we talk about the layers of, of, um, of, uh, kind of stereotypes and, you know, poor treatment that, you're up against as a young black mother and the exclusion that you have from different resources because of, you know, your multiple um, uh, identities as being a young parent, as being a, a, um, a black student, it's really tough. You know, you're up against a lot. And I think there's this constant need to prove your worth, to prove that you are worthy of resources, that you're worthy of opportunities. And um, and that's exhausting. It's really exhausting um, and, and it's counterproductive to what we wanna see for, for young families, which is that both parent and child are successful.
0: Right, and I would imagine that exhaustion takes up a lot of mental and even physical space in your day as you're trying to combat those things. You already have enough on your plate. You're trying to go to school. You're trying to get good grades. You're you know tending to a child that goes everywhere with you. You're trying to pay the bills. <laughs> And you're thinking about all these other things and you're battling for resources. I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what that, what that is like. And bravo to you for being so dedicated and just like going, like I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm going. And, and I think stories of strong women like you, not only does it change the trajectory in your own family, as you have five kids that now, Know your story and know have have you pouring yourself into them and telling them what their worth is. They they they're not doubting that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to get Pregnant Girl out into the world is is to um, you know one encourage any young parents who need encouragement to know that they're not alone. This yeah. is something that you know, teen pregnancy touches so many people. It's touched so many lives. I, I realized that every time I go out and I speak at an event or I'm signing books and so many people come up to me and say, you know, I was a teen parent, but I've never talked about it because, um, you know, I, I felt so much shame or I'm the child of a teen parent or my mom or my sister or my cousin. Um, and we just don't talk about it enough. And so one of the things that I wanted to do with the book was to really encourage anyone who's been impacted in some way um, by teen pregnancy to know that they're not alone because it is, it's a very isolating and difficult mm-hmm. experience. You're constantly trying to survive. Um, you know, I would talk about in the book, is just this constant uh, focus on surviving just the next 24 hours. You know, yeah. some of my classmates, uh would be focused on, you know, oh, I'm gonna do a study abroad, you know, two years from now when I'm a senior. And I was just trying to make sure that my daughter and I had food to eat that night, that she had enough diapers and baby wipes to last through the week, that I could um afford daycare for another month, mm-hmm. uh, or keep the heat on, right? Like those were the things that I was really hyper focused on. And then I was also going to one of the most prestigious schools in the country, William and Mary, where mm-hmm you know, that you had to not only do well, but you had to do really well you right, know, to right. to make it um, through. And so on top of that constant state of survival, I was also having to make sure that I was getting my class assignments in, that I was reading all the books that I needed to read, that I was um, taking all the right classes. Um, you know, it, it was extremely uh, difficult and kind of these mental aerobics that were constantly having to happen.
0: Sure. Did anybody do or say anything during that time, for you personally, that that was helpful, that sustained you, that even just gave you a glimmer of hope and made things just a little bit easier?
1: Oh yeah, I think there. You know what I've learned through my own experience, and that we try to really um, emphasize and and do at Generation Hope is the power of people. Mm-hmm. Um, And there were so many people once I was in college who um, were so encouraging. I had made a great group of girlfriends um, in college who essentially became sort of aunties (laughs) to my daughter. You know, they were so excited to meet her and like, you know, who doesn't love a baby? And so they really surrounded us with a lot of love. Um, Sometimes they would watch her for me so I could take an exam or to just have some time myself. Um, and they were always just, you know, quick to point out, like, Nicole, we're over here struggling in college, and we don't have a baby, you know, right. <laughs> you're doing such a great job, and you're raising a child, you know, and um, that always was those moments, right, when someone recognizes you and says, like, wow, I see you, It that, that was really uplifting. Um, sometimes I would have a professor if I disclose that I was a parent. Sometimes I didn't, but sometimes I did, who would say, wow, and, you know, really make sure that that they were supportive of me. And I had an amazing um, financial aid counselor who made sure that I had access to as much funding as possible so that I could pay for childcare and I could um pay for rent and have food on the table. So the power of people and I think it's you know that's another message I'm hoping to get out loud and clear is that all of us no matter you know what position we're in whether we're working in a school or we're a member of a church or you know what have you we all have the ability to remove barriers for young parents in some way and to keep them encouraged as they're trying to do you know all that they're trying to do for their families.
0: Yeah. Well and I love how you're talking about, none of these things are like big life-changing things. Nobody gave you a $10,000 check, right? Like <laughs> like showing up, holding your baby, letting you go take an exam and not feeling like making you feel like you're an other, right? right. Making you feel like you're a part of the group. And why is childcare not subsidized for yes. hardworking people <laughs> like you or so many people? Why are almost entire paychecks Going to childcare just to make ends meet for family. Like it makes no sense. But that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, we
1: could talk forever about oh that. Oh <laughs> my
0: gosh. We have to do better in that. There's no reason that that should be a barrier to hardworking people. Like it, that just right. makes no, no sense at all. So, what did you study in college?
1: I was an English major. Okay. And then I also, um, uh, had a secondary concentration in um, education, so I was certified okay. to teach
0: secondary English. Awesome. So what did you think you were gonna do with your life? What was the vision?
1: Well, I've always envisioned before I got pregnant. I envisioned I would be a world traveling journalist. That was like something I wanted to do, and I was really passionate about it. Um, And then in college, even though I was, you know, parenting and going to school, I managed to um, take on some internships that I that exposed me to kind of different aspects of communication. So I interned at a at a um, ABC affiliate, a, a news station, when I was in uh, college, and then I did a PR externship with a local nonprofit organization, and those those experiences really helped me to kind of hone in on public relations. And so, I um, my first job out of college, I was working for a major insurance company doing. Um, uh, PR for them and communications mm-hmm. for them, but I quickly learned that like I really wanted to get involved in nonprofit work. That was where my heart was. I fell in love with nonprofit organizations, um, and and putting those two things together, kind of my lived experience as a young mother, and then my passion for nonprofit work, uh, really created um, the opportunity for me to launch my own nonprofit organization in 2010.
0: Hey everyone, I know you're excited to hear all about Nicole's organization that she started, but I want to thank our final sponsor, and that is Uprising Food. Uprising's mission is to liberate all of us from the fundamentally broken food system that's stealing our health. And you know what? As much as I'm mindful of what I put into my mouth, I am also really concerned about what my kids are eating. And the incredible thing of Uprising is that they have done the work to help you to retrain your palate in order to have healthy breads and delicious snacks while also tasting great their bread only has two net carbs per serving six grams of protein and nine grams of fiber and if you're a mom that throws in a bag of chips into your kids lunchbox because that's what they love I want you to give these uprising chips a try. They are so delicious and they're like bread chips that are kind of the consistency of like the bread and Chex mix. Totally delicious, the flavor packs a punch and you're gonna be retraining your kid's palate. It is such a fantastic option. So Uprising Food is offering our listeners $10 off the starter bundle. That includes two superfood cubes and four packs of Freedom Chips to try. Go to uprisingfood.com slash EEP and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's Uprising Foods. U-P-R-I-S-I-N-G food.com slash E-E-P to get $10 off your first purchase of the Starter Bundle let me know what you think of their amazing chips and products. Thanks Uprising now let's keep going with Nicole Generation Hope tell me what Generation Hope does
1: Yeah, so we help young parents in the D.C. metro region get their college degrees. We um, surround them with uh, resources and support, both emotional and financial, to help them uh, overcome those obstacles, so many of the obstacles that we've talked about to help them get their degrees. We also help their children get ready for kindergarten at the same time, so we're simultaneously helping both parent and child. And then we are actually in the process of launching national work to advocate for the needs of parenting college students all across the country. There are actually one in five undergraduate students across the country is parenting, and almost half of all black female undergraduates across the country are parenting. So it's a huge population, but not one that's talked about or supported enough. Um, and we're doing policy and advocacy work on their behalf, but we're also helping colleges and universities figure out how to better support this population to make sure that they make it to the graduation stage.
0: Nicole, Whole- <laughs> Lee Molly like wow 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 it just it just gives me goosebumps to think sweet nicole finding out she's pregnant feeling the disappointment and the wave of sh- shame and uncertainty and then look what you've done look who you've become and look now what you're giving to others you are giving so much Hope and beyond just hope and an inspirational story, actual tangible resources. This is unbelievable. Oh,
1: thank you. Really?
0: Oh, gosh, that just, I just love when people use their challenges in order to fuel their mission in life Mm -hmm. and, and to really do something with it. And sometimes it is as simple as sharing your story and letting somebody know that they're not alone or showing up for that one person. And sometimes it is creating that nonprofit or, you know, going that next step like you've done, but we can all lift where we stand. And, um, wow, that is just, that's just amazing. I think what's amazing too about mothers is that we might think that if motherhood takes us out of the workforce, and we have this gap in our resume, the, the world is telling us, like, we're not as good. We're, like, disqualified. Right. Like, we're, uh, there goes our education. There goes our skill set, whatever. But you and I both know, and any moms listening know, we are superhuman as mothers. And we are developing <laughs> a myriad of new skills and talents. What do you think makes, specifically, teen, teen mothers, young mothers – uniquely equipped to succeed in life?
1: Oh, gosh, that's such a great question, and there are so many things. The list is really long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the what is required to be successful as a young parent and as a young mother is pretty significant in terms of, you know, resilience, creativity, uh, resourcefulness, uh, time management. Uh, you know, parenting college students have 50% less time to devote to their coursework than their peers who don't have children, and yet they on average have higher GPAs than their peers. So when you think about, you know, the ability for a person who has, you know, half the time than, you know, know, that your normal college student has, or not normal, but your average college student has without children, um, but yet makes better grades. Um, That just speaks to how talented, accomplished, um, you know, young parents are, young mothers and and the potential that they have, the assets that they can be to any organization that they that they are able to, you know, enter. Um, so there, it's a long list. And I think to your point, you know, we have to start looking at the ways that we evaluate, a, you know, an individual's uh, ability to be successful in the workforce, because this is a group of of, um, of folks that are, you know, really undervalued and yet yeah. overperform.
0: Yeah, could not agree more. So your daughter is now 22. You've been doing Generation Hope for like 11 years now. Is that is that right? Yeah. 2010. Mm-hmm. Wow. What do you want your daughter, your oldest daughter, to know now?
1: Oh, I want her to know um, that there's nothing that she can't do there's really nothing that she can't do. And life is hard. Life is challenging. There are going to be moments where you feel really alone. There are going to be moments where other people around you are going to tell you that you are a failure or you can't be successful, or you you're in a situation that's impossible. And oftentimes, like we talked about before, it's it's your voice in that moment that that needs to be the loudest, and it needs to be encouraging you and telling you to keep moving forward, mm-hmm. and to keep fighting for the things that you believe in. And I hope that my story, you know, is a reminder, a constant reminder to her that um, that that you know she can do anything, no matter what she's up against. And I hope that's, you know, what she takes from my experience, but also what her four siblings, you know, also take from my experience that, that they can do whatever, whatever they dream of, even if the world says otherwise.
0: Yeah, that is so good. Okay. Pregnant Girl, a story of a, of teen motherhood, college, and creating a better future for young families. Where can people buy your book and where can people find out more about Generation Hope? Can we support you from afar?
1: Oh, yes. How do we do that? Definitely. Yeah, so to, to find out more about Generation Hope or to get involved, you can go to generationhope.org. Okay. We have a ton of opportunities if you're local to the D.C. area, but also if you are not in the D.C. area, we also have virtual opportunities, and we'd love to have you involved in whatever way um, kind of fits your passions and your time. We can also You can also find us on social media at uh, supportgenhope on Twitter and Instagram and support Generation Hope on Facebook. Um, you can buy Pregnant Girl anywhere that books are sold. So, you know, your favorite independent bookstore, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, it's everywhere. Um, and then you can also find me on uh Instagram and uh Twitter at Nicole and Lewis.
0: Man, Nicole. I'm not doing enough. Like like people like <laughs> you, but that's not that's not the thing. that's not the takeaway is that I'm not doing enough. The thing is when we hear stories like this, let us just let our next action be to help somebody, yes, right, Yes, it's that one thing. it's that smile, it's that donation. It's that offer to watch somebody's kids when you know they're stretched thin. It's finding out somebody is a teen mom and asking, "Do you need diapers right exactly. and it's the one it's the smallest things like you said for your friends that can make the biggest difference, but feeling seen and remember and pouring into somebody else's remembrance that they are so worthy of of mm-hmm. a great life and so much love. We can all we can all do that in our own way. So, I always ask my guests one final question Nicole and it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self?
1: My pre-motherhood self. Mm-hmm. I would tell her you are enough. Again, I think Probably when I was in high school, I didn't know how strong I was. I didn't know what I would be able to accomplish, how I would be able to overcome so many challenges. I probably was pretty hard on myself, (laughs) as we all are. Um, And so I would just want my pre-motherhood self to know that I'm enough, that she's enough, and that she's going to do great things um, and to just follow her heart.
0: You are. You are, Nicole. Nicole, this has been such a privilege. And I'm just so grateful for you writing this book, sharing your story, and then just taking it to the next level and supporting others through what can be such a challenging journey, but offering so much hope in the process. You are really incredible.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. and It was so much fun.
0: Thank you so much. Have an awesome day. I want to thank Nicole for coming on today. It is so remarkable to me when incredible women, extraordinary moms, take the most challenging aspects of their life and use it as fuel for so much good, so much change. And Nicole is without a doubt a change maker. And I love what she's doing to support young moms across the nation, right in in DC right now, but it is spreading you guys. And I'd love for you to check out Nicole online. That is all linked at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. If this is a cause that resonates with you, get involved, reach out to Nicole, see how you can help because this is amazing work. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at Jessica Dollquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today and we will see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.